like to learn more about our host, OJ Tokes, please visit his website, ojtokes.com. That is O J T as in Tom, O K as in Kite, S as in Steve.com, ojtokes.com. Welcome again to the While You Are Single podcast and enjoy the show. Here is OJ Tokes. And the parents are fighting the ruling in court. Protect you from what? How about things like that? God is trying to protect us. Not only diseases, but I like what Bishop Jakes calls dis-ease. Meaning not being at ease. Because when a person has sex with a person they're not married to, they become one. You become one flesh. So part of that person becomes part of you, and part of you becomes part of that person. But here's the deal. Things don't work out in that relationship, and you break up. So let's forget about the pain of the tearing apart of each other, because part of you has been torn from you into that other person. A part of that person is inside of you. So let's say, for example, that person has spiritual forces influencing them. Maybe they have anger issues. Maybe they have depression issues. Maybe they have phobias. Maybe they have things that you didn't deal with. But because you got yoked with that person, that person's imperfections become yours because you, you take it from that person. So now you're carrying something inside of you that you got from somebody else and somebody else is carrying part of you with them. So fast forward, you get into another relationship. It doesn't work out. So now you have two different spirits, so to speak, at least, inside of you, not part of you. Okay? Another opportunity to be in a relationship presents itself. Maybe normally you, you will be open to this relationship. Let's assume God brings somebody into your life. This time around, you've made the decision, you're going to do it right. God brings somebody into your life. And maybe normally you will be open to this relationship. But the problem is, it's not just you making the decision. It's you and the other spiritual forces inside of you. They interfere with what you will have chosen by yourself. But because there are other spiritual forces influencing you, you're not seeing the person the way you're supposed to see them because you're seeing them through a wound. You're seeing them through an aspect of yourself that is not clear. That's why a lot of times for some, not all, but for some singles, one of the reasons, not the only, one of the reasons for some singles why things haven't moved ahead is because God needs to make them whole. God needs to make them whole. And this is not an overnight thing. It takes time. So imagine there's a single adult who God is working on to make them whole because he needs to remove some things. He needs to heal them. He needs to restore them before he releases them. And this person is on the operating table letting God work on them. And something happens and they fall off. And they get into another relationship and get into sexual immorality again, 
So now they invited new spirits in. And usually what happens is the scripture talks about when a spirit leaves a person, those spirits come back with even more wicked spirits. So this person has fallen off. God still loves them, brings them back. He wants to work on them again. But this time around, they are worse off than they were before because now they've invited more spirits in. So think about the process it takes. Imagine these are the things that God is trying to protect us from. It's not that God is trying to hold you back. He's trying to protect us. Some of you may have heard the story in Numbers. Chapter 22, 23, 24. Three chapters. The Israelites were in an area close to the promised land. They were close to the area where the Moabites lived. The Moabites also had some Midianites living with them. The king of Moab, his name is Balak. He saw what the Israelites were doing to all the other territories and how they were trying to advance into the promised land. Balak was afraid of the Israelites, so he solicited the services of a sorcerer known as Balaam. I used to think Balaam was a prophet. Some of you probably thought so as well, but I learned in seminary school as well as you know, reading on my own that this guy was not a prophet. He was a sorcerer. He was a medicine man. He dabbled in black magic. But some of you, some of you might say, but wait a minute. But God spoke to him. God, God, God used him. Say, yeah, it just tells you God can use anybody, <laughs> you know. But Balak reached out to Balaam to curse the Israelites. That's what Numbers 22, 23 and 24 was about. He was trying to get Balaam to curse the Israelites. And I'm just giving an overview of the story. Some of you may have heard how Balaam was riding the donkey and there was an angel that stood in front of the donkey and the donkey was acting up. And Balaam was hitting the donkey because the donkey was impeding his progress. And the Bible says God opened the donkey's mouth and the donkey spoke to Balaam. And in, in not so many words, the donkey was like, why are you hitting me? And I, I'm, I'm not... I'm not even freaked out that a donkey spoke. That's not what freaks me out. What freaks me out is the fact that Balaam responded and said, well, I'm hitting you because you're acting up. I'm like, what? <laughs> a donkey is talking. If a donkey talked to you, I'm going to run. <laughs> but to tell you how deranged this guy was, the guy was talking to the donkey like you acting up. What? I'm like, why are you talking to a donkey? But nevertheless, he discovered there was God just kind of holding him back and God could have killed him. But God basically told Balaam that he couldn't curse the Israelites instead. In fact, he told him, you're only going to say what I tell you to say. And to cut a long story short, Balaam ended up blessing the Israelites because you cannot curse what God has blessed. So every time Balak, the Moabite king, tried to get Balaam to curse the Israelites, Balaam only blessed them. So this went on for three chapters, 22, 23, 24. And at the end of chapter 24, Balak got frustrated and just, you know, went his own way. In Numbers 25, it starts off by saying the leaders in the Israelite camp indulged in sexual immorality with the Moabite women. They invited them to 
a sacrifice to their God, Baal, of pure. So these leaders in the Israelite camp were seduced by this Moabite women. They had sex with them. They ate food, sacrificed to their idol, and they worshipped their idol. And remember, the Old Testament time was different. It was a different dispensation. They didn't have the grace we have now. They did not have the redemption we have through Jesus Christ. So things were different. They were under the law. So things were different. So when this happened, God was upset and God told Moses. God told Moses to kill the leaders that were involved in this. And when that happened, the Bible says a guy, one of the leaders, grabbed a Midianite woman, brought her into the camp in front of Moses, in front of the people while they are crying and repenting near the entrance of the temple. This guy just walked in boldly with his Midianite girl and went into his tent in an attempt to sleep with her. Then a guy named Phinehas, who happens to be the grandson of Aaron, he got up and killed both of them. I know it sounds harsh. He killed both of them. And God commended Phinehas for what he did. And the Bible says because Phinehas did what he did, he turned away God's wrath. But the Bible says, but, some translations don't give this detail, but the New Living Translation, King James Version says, but 24,000 people had already been killed by the plague. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up. What plague? Where does a plague come into this? Apparently, because of what the guys did, it invited a plague. And because Phinehas killed this guy in conjunction to what God already told Moses to do, it stopped the plague. 24,000 people lost their lives because some leaders in the Israelite camp indulged in sexual immorality, which got them into worship of idols. And come on, what is God trying to protect us from? Then at the end of Numbers 25, we'll hear God telling Moses to attack the Midianites because they seduced the Israelites with their women to get into sexual immorality and worship their idols. Then we get a little bit more detail when you travel all the way to Revelation chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Revelation chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Here, God is speaking to the seven churches and one of the churches is Pergamon and God is saying this. He says, I know you. I know where you live. And I know that you hold on to my name and that you did not give up on the faith. So that's a commendation. You hold fast to the name and you did not lose your faith despite the persecution going on. But God says, but I have a few things against you. He said, you hold fast to the teaching of Balaam, making a reference to the sorcerer, who taught Balak to get the Israelite men to seduce them to eat food 
offered to idols and to commit sexual immorality. So that gives us a big picture. So apparently what happened was he couldn't curse the people. But instead of him cursing the people, what he did was seduce them so that they invited the curse and attack into their lives. God bless you. So basically, when we indulge in sexual immorality, we open the door for the enemy to come in and wreak havoc in our lives. But what was interesting in Revelation 2.14 was God telling the church in Pergamon that in some translations it says, I know your works. The church had works, good deeds. They were serving, good stuff. You hold fast to my name, good stuff. You know Jesus. You hold on to the faith. He didn't deny me. That's good. But some of them were involved in sexual immorality. It lets us know that you can be a Christian. You believe in Jesus. You're serving in church. You hold fast to the name, but you can still fall into the trap of sexual immorality. So having said that, I think everybody understands that, okay, we need to not get into this because God is really trying to protect you and I from consequences we can't even think of. There are things people are dealing with right now. They have no clue, no idea that it's linked to sexual immorality. It opens the door for the enemy to wreak havoc in your life. So going back to 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God that you abstain from sexual immorality. The question is, okay, how do I control myself? How do I avoid indulging in sexual immorality? I'm going to share four things that will help you avoid and overcome sexual immorality. Number one, avoid. As the scripture says, abstain, avoid from sexual avoid. A few years back, again, when I started teaching at a, a class for about a year, I had moved from Virginia. I was in Houston. I had been in Houston for a year, and I felt like God wanted me to be involved with a singles class. And, you know, I was praying that God would open the door, and nothing was happening. I was feeling like, you know, some people didn't want me to speak or whatever the case may be. I was feeling that way, but I kept trusting God, kept believing God, and a crack opened. A crack. God cracked. A little crack opened up. While You Are Single podcast. We hope that you were informed, inspired, and impacted. O.J. Tooks has written a life-changing book titled Rejected for a Purpose, How God Uses Rejection to Help You Find and Fulfill Your Destiny. If you would like to learn more about the book, please visit ojtokesministries.org. That is ojtokesministries.org. If you like Christian inspirational hip-hop, check out OJ Toke's Christian inspirational hip-hop album, A Breath of Fresh Air, which is now available on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, and other music outlets. You can also learn more about his music by going to ojtokesministries.org. Thanks again for listening to the While You Are Single podcast, which OJ Tokes presents weekly, every Monday. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share with your friends and join us again next Monday. Until then, take care and stay blessed.